Okay, fam. Uh, hello. Shan here. Jenna here. And we are going to combine our last two weeks of March programming to share with you uh, Shraddha and the Mullahs. And Jenna, I would love if you just share how the month has kind of arrived to this and then how these two interplay because yeah. offline she just shared it and I, my mind was blown. So this whole month is about um, illumination, right? It's like the theme is like light up your path. So we've recognized that yoga is a path that has stops and starts and curviness, but we're, we're working towards, you know, illumination, right? That's the whole point we, or union, which is why we practice yoga. And so we started with Gayatri, which is like the dawning of the experience. We've moved into um, things like samskaras, where we're talking about like the patterns that we might need to recognize and be more conscious of. And so now we're getting to um, Nvidia, right? The ability to recognize through wisdom. And we're getting to Shraddha and the Mullahs. And so Shraddha is a deep, unshakable faith of the yogi, the sadhaka, or the practitioner, or the student in yourself and the path of your life, which if you are on a path of illumination, which I would argue is every single human life, um, right? Because we know more today than we ever knew yesterday, and we're going to keep on that whether we like it or not. We are on a path of illumination. And the the ability for the path to sort of get stronger and better is going to come from the idea that your path is right and you are divinely allowed to experience your path and to grow how you need to and that you have the power and ability to do it and so like if you ever have a moment where you can't and i think we all have this where we can't 100 percent trust the path that we're on or we can't trust ourselves or we're afraid we can't trust ourselves we have to cultivate this sense of Shraddha. We have to cultivate this sense of um, awareness in what we do in faith. And so like Amma talks about Shraddha as more than just faith. She calls it trust and love at its core being. And so Shraddha is taking trust and love and applying it to our choices as yogis, our path, and believing that we are, gonna, we are doing it and we are doing the work. This, we tie these two things together, the Shraddha and the Malas, because it's often the Malas that tell us that our Shraddha or weaken our Shraddha or make us feel like we can't have faith in ourselves and our path. And so the Malas are the Trika Shaivists' viewpoint of the blocks to the authentic self. So you'll also hear them called the impurities. I kind of don't love that. I don't love when we yeah. like put things in a pure and unpure state. I don't think it's that simple ever. Um, but they are the blocks to your authentic self is kind of the way we're defining them. And there are three malas. So the three malas are Anava Mala, Maya Mala, and Karma Mala. And so Anava Mala creates feelings of unworthiness. So it's this idea that on my path, I am unworthy of growth or bliss or expression or acknowledgement of my own divinity. And it's giving rise to feelings of insecurity and sadness. And this, this kind of mala is connected to the experiences of the heart. 
Then Maya Mala, which is the perception that you are separate from the world or your community or your identity. So it's this idea that you are all alone in this experience, in this path, and that you don't, you aren't seen. And it, so it creates separateness from others and it creates competition and jealousy and can be a root of anger. And so that's connected to like your mental state. And then the last one, karma mala, is the belief that you can't act, that you don't have agency, that you don't have autonomy, that you don't have power in, a, in an action-based scenario. Because karma is simply just action, right? So if you're existing in, or have an experience with karma mala, you don't believe you can do it. You can't walk forward. The point of all of these is not to deny the very real lived experience of all of those states of experience. I think a lot of us have had flavors of those experiences, feelings like we're not good enough or we don't belong anywhere, or that we're fundamentally alone or that we can't get out of bed and face the thing that we need to face. And I, I the malas are not here to tell us like those are wrong or bad. It's the opportunity to use the experience of the malas to go back to the faith that has to guide the experience. Like, you have to, it, when faced with an experience that's rooted in a mala, you have to say, you know, I am enough. I am valid, I'm part of this, I want to be seen, I can be seen, I deserve to be seen, and I have the power and agency as a divine child of the universe to act. And so, we put the two together very strategically for the last two weeks of the month because you go from, headstand which as a larger bodied yogi you know the benchmark for instagram yogis is always like can a fat yogi my words don't get mad i'm going to say it all day if it bothers you you should look at it if a fat yogi does an arm balance or a headstand they must be an amazing yogi and they should have a thousand followers i mean no, thousands of followers that's literally what's happened to a lot of yogis mm. and that's like the benchmark of like you're an amazing yogi and now you're valid Right? So there's this whole tie into validity based around this idea of inversioning and arm balancing. And I don't think that's exclusive to fat yogis, but it's doubled down on in diet culture. Well, you certainly get less clicks on a picture of you and Malasana than you Oh, do. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like if I sit here and I'm like, yeah, guys, look at my amazing, like, you know, flying crow. Y'all are like, yeah, she's doing so great. She's such a good yogi. No. I'm a good yogi because I'm consciously choosing faith in myself and the desire to grow no matter what. But that's neither here nor there. So in class, the week that you know we get to Shraddha, you're going to have an experience of faith in yourself. And the ability to invert is a big leap of faith. Sometimes quite literally. <laughs> right? Literally. Like sometimes you're... And I'm not telling anyone to do a headstand and hop into it. That is the antithesis of what you should do. But I'm saying there is an element of energetic leaping of faith that has to happen to get your feet above your head. And so you get this moment of like this faith in myself paid off because I'm of the belief I've gotten almost anyone who's wanted to get into a headstand into a headstand, no matter what your size or ability. Now you might have different propping or you might have me helping you. But the point is like one of my can do it. keys as a yoga teacher has always been like, I can get you into a headstand. We can mm -hmm. get you there unless you have a neck injury. But again, whole different side conversation. Then we move to the malas. And so if you had the experience of like, I can't invert or I can't shift my perspective because it's really energetically what 
Shraddha and faith and the malas are about. Like I wasn't able to shift my perspective, which of the three malas blocked that. And so you have this really tangible experience of like yoga is simply the, the goal of yoga. This experience of yoga is simply to experience the world in a new way every day in a more conscious and awake and enlightened way every day. And the day that you can't, when you can't literally shift your perspective, what stopped you? And it's one of the three malas. Um, well, what I think you've done so brilliantly this month, and um, and I, I think nothing is a coincidence. I was going back through the Hatha Yoga Pradipika, and just uh, we started with Gayatri, which is this goddess of al- alchemical nature, really. Yeah, that she's transition. helping transmute, transition through the you know majesty and magic of the sun. Um, and so I just wanted to read this because I think what you have put together is so brilliant, that process to get to the, the malas and shraddha. Alchemy is a science of transmutation based on the physical phenomena of expansion, mm. which is the same as the tantric concept of expansion of mind and liberation of energy. Alchemy states that nothing from nothing comes. Alchemy works on the basic chemical elements to produce the purest essence, just as in Hatha Yoga, the basic elements of the body are utilized to reveal the subtlest essence, Atma. Alchemy, like yoga, is the science of increasing and improving that which exists. The basic philosophy of alchemy coincides with Tantra. The supreme manifests through expansion because of the inner urge to expand outward, or one of our older terms, Spanda. The struggle uh, for expansion and manifestation. Alchemy teaches that the supreme is in everything and manifests through an infinity of forms, like a spiritual seed planted in the dark earth of the material universe. Through faith, shraddha, and contentment in the supreme or pure consciousness, individual mind can be transmuted from the base instincts, desires, passions, and emotions, which are represented by the different planetary metals into gold, i.e. cosmic consciousness. So it's this idea that, you know, I I think it is a, I think it is both a natural instinct and not to think you are not enough, right? Because if you thought you were enough, you wouldn't seek more. You wouldn't seek shelter. You wouldn't seek food. You would, you would dissolve, Right. right? So there's an intrinsic need to think you're not, there, there's some evolutionary protective mechanisms into I'm not enough because then that puts us in the game. Yeah. Right? And we are designed to grow. Right. On, like as a, as a, just a general statement, and I'm not saying growth on anybody's metric. You are, you are literally on a one way path of in course. this lifetime. Yes. You are going to be an embryo all the way up till your last breath. You have grown and you've had more experiences. So you, by dint of having a human life, are here to grow. Right. Like, and that's it. <laughs> and this idea that, you know, the mullahs are both, they're here to push us to grow. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we do things, I've done crazy shit out of the impulse of I am not enough. Mm-hmm. And then, when I'm ready to step into Vidya, yep. I then have to choose what I'm going to do with that. And if that if that is serving me, if that is now blocking my, my path... Um, because the version, the versions of it are going to keep showing up, right? Mm-hmm. Like every time, every time. But this idea of Shraddha is that I have faith in this particular point to go to the next step. And then, you know, going back to some scars, perhaps there's something unresolved there that's going to come back around. I've got to have Shraddha mm-hmm. faith that I can do it again. And then I well, can... and it's why that like, there's a reason we go in this order, right? So like Gayatri gives you, 
almost like a divine blessing for the whole month, right? Like she is the dawning of this experience of yourself and great. So then we look at like, well, what is illumination? What is knowledge? And it's actually a conscious practice of the consideration of knowledge. Mm -hmm. So you have to already kind of agree that you're going to consider things and not act from a space of denial of reality, avidya. So then you say, okay, great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take in the information that comes in. And one of the easiest ways to do that is things that you're doing every day. The samskaras, the habits, the patterns, the, the, the locked in things that you can start to dissect and pull apart. And it's at that moment I found on my own journey that like, when you start to see how many patterns you have that are maybe unconscious, the malas begin to appear, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. When you start to say, okay, if you're doing any deep level trans transformative work, you realize how often your samskaras are so detrimental and it can be overwhelming, right? And dictate your that view, dictate your, your That have limited the things you've been able yes. to do, that have self-sabotaged or harmed relationships or, or just made you feel Pain, pain, in the simplest sense, right? It's then that you have to go back to this idea of deep faith. And again, you can be an atheist or an agnostic and be a sadhaka, be a, be a spiritual practitioner in the sense of yoga and in the sense of the ideas we're talking about. Because your faith could be faith in yourself. Faith in the fact that you are a carbon-based life form that is fucking miraculous and science is telling me I'm here to grow and turn over cells and convert oxygen to carbon dioxide. That's a completely valid thing to have faith in. I have faith in that every day, right? That's amazing. My heart's going to keep beating. I'm miraculous. So, or you can, if that feels comfortable to you, move it beyond yourself, which in my viewpoint, yourself is the divine, right? So I'm already in having faith in myself. I'm having faith in the divinity itself. But let's say you need it outside of you. There are so many mechanisms to find faith. You can find faith in being there for your family or for your friends or for your community or for the ideals that you hold. You can have faith in anything. But when the malas show up, and they're going to because you're a human, they show up whether you knew what they were or not, you have to come back to the idea of Shraddha and the deep faith that is your divine right as a human person. Right? You have to come back to that. And... It almost doesn't matter to some extent I, to which malas they are. I, I like to talk about the malas because I think putting them in frameworks with names lets you recognize that they're universal. They're so universal that a Swami wrote about them 3,000 years ago. Right, totally. Right? They're ancient. Yes. The malas are real. They've always been here. You're not alone. And also, once you know they exist, it doesn't matter. You come back to the faith. And so in the terms of the asana practice these last two weeks, you go from expansive shifting of perspective, maybe the first time you've ever inverted, which is a glorious feeling, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it is rad. I can't even express to you the power, but also the, the, the stillness and just the fact that you're like, my body's fucking amazing, which mm -hmm. for some people probably never felt that. So yeah. get it. Get you it. go from inverting to Malasana, which is like the, 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 like most people hate it in our studio, spoiler, because we all have really tight hips. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like I, I have people who would rather hold like a handstand for 20 minutes yeah. than do Malasana. Mm -hmm. 
And so then you go to something that's probably going to cause you a little bit of suffering, mm-hmm. physical suffering, because everybody's got tight, tight legs. Everybody's got like, you know, Thoracic low spine back, issues, yeah, yeah. All the whole thing. So you you go back. So how do you find expansion? How do you find faith? How do you find the, the shifting of your perspective in the grip of the malas? And that is the cycle that is important through all of this. So everything up into this is the getting us to the malas, the pain, the not enough, the unworthiness, the inability to act, back to faith, and then constantly cycling. And hopefully then the malas impact in your life becomes smaller and smaller and smaller, less, less um, driving, right? Because we know that the end game of like feeling like you're not enough or feeling like you can't act or feeling alone, those can be devastating. Right? Those are deeply devastating, devastating feelings. So come back to faith. So even though this is the last week of the month, the last two themes are supposed to go back and forth together. So I want you to find expansion when you're in Malasana and you hate it. Because I know you all hate it. I love you all so much. You come to Yin and when I make you hold Malasana, you hate me. Like I've never thought a class would be me. This happened, I gave them a long hold Malasana, I think about three weeks ago, but everybody said their hips were in a terrible shape. And I was like, okay, children, I love you so much. We're here's your blessing. Here's your blessing. Yeah, here's your blessing. I never thought my sweetest students were going to come up and murder me to death Then <laughs> that long hold Malasana. It's dark. It's super dark. Some dark times. Also, the word mala, mala the word mala... In, in and malasana are different words, but with a simple shifting of letter, an impurity, a block, becomes a garland. Oh. So. Which, one of the many ways, I, one of the many reasons I love you is our connection and obsession with uh, Joseph Campbell. Yes. Which, you know, this, this whole month feels very like a hero's journey. Yes. Like you begin on the sunset. Yes. And the sun rising. And I mean, spoiler, it's all 12 tiny hero's journeys. Like that's the whole structure, but yes, get yeah, it. Yeah. It just it. feels very, this, month, this, month this well. one's like real. I mean, you know, I'm feeling myself cause it was my birthday month, <laughs> yeah. but I do feel that yeah. like, you know, Joseph Campbell brings up often. It is the it is the hero's decision when he's at the bottom, he, she is at the bottom yes. of the mountain and has to muster the courage to then surmount the obstacles, yes. right? Like this is, that is such a pivotal point in the hero's journey. And then to receive the boon that the obstacle was actually the yes. whole time, which comes up in yoga and the kleshas and in a million different ways, right? Yes. But then like that, that is the journey to shoulder the responsibility of, once we've acknowledged what the obstacle is ahead of us the, and seeing the mullahs and being like, okay, I'm going to shoulder my faith that I can get through this only to enter the rat race of like, that's, that's life. Like that's, that's it. That's, that's what we do that's over and over and over Also, again. I want to point out the propensity our society has to gleefully entertain the idea that we're going to go like deep, like, murder a demon we love stories about oh, yeah, having enough bravery and strength to go like literally take out to a slay demon. the dragon right but we won't face the fact that the dragon is our our malas mm-hmm. it's our belief that we're not enough it's our belief that we can't act it's our belief that we are fundamentally separate from reality those are our dragons 
So, like, if you love a fairy tale story, which we all do, mm-hmm. if you're a yogi, I guarantee you had a deep love of mythology somewhere in your, like... Or you played history. a lot of Dungeons yeah, & Dragons. Right. Like, you had a whole... Or you just love characters, you love storytelling, all of these things. Because that's, like, universal in people who want to teach yoga. Yes. Why are we okay with fairy tales of dragon slaying, but we will not look at the fact that the tiny core belief that we are not enough is the dragon we actually need to face. And that's the power of Shraddha and the Malas. Because it's very easy to look at something like in the form of like mythological storytelling and folklore. It adds the fantastical to it. You're like, I can face a dragon, I'm brave. Bitch, I love you, the dragon is in you. And it's the belief that you're not enough. And I, the, the bitch I'm referring to is literally me. Right. Like, like, spoiler, it's me talking to myself because that's how I talk in the mirror a lot of the time. That is you. Right. Get to that. Find the faith. Get to that. That is how you get out of the things that feel like they're weighting you down or you feel the tension or the constriction or whatever that is manifesting for you. That's the work. So... When you're all in Malasana, think of me. <laughs> and work on those molas. And find the garland. Find the victory. Because mm. that's what it's about. 